Someone's in trouble. Hey there, America. How's it going? Welcome to the Friday edition of the Sea Report. So coming to you live on the Foxhole app, on uh, Twitch and Twitter, and probably some other other regions of the internet, as well as our lovely audience over on Spreaker. I hope you guys are having a great afternoon. I know I am, and I'm coming to you guys a little bit early. <laughs> um, and I hope you guys absolutely don't mind. Um, and, uh, well, I just, there was a little activity that I wanted to participate in, or at least be a part of later on this afternoon, so I hope you guys don't mind. But yes, it's, uh, that was quite, 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 quite a video that I thought we'd open up there. Um, and I see the, uh, chat's going up a little bit there. Hey there, Monkey Toe 71 how are you doing today, ma'am? It's good to see you again. But yes, uh, before we get underway with today's program, I think I was going to just hop on over and do a quick little, oh, oh, oh. Those replays always get me every time. Uh, we're going to do a quick uh, chat recap from our previous episodes. I haven't gotten to do a chat recap in just a minute, and then uh, we'll get underway with some of today's events. We're actually going to focus more on some of the updates that are going on with the audits. Uh, it seems to be like the name of the game right now um, uh, and in, involved in what's going on. Um, there's just so much that's developing. Like It's like every day more and more is coming out. And... Um, and they haven't even they haven't even completed the forensic audit in Maricopa County, but it seems like um, it seems like uh, it seems like they're getting flanked from all sides with uh, good information, guys. All right, so uh, last chat recap. Let's see what do we have here. Um, oh well, Monkey Toe seventy one. Uh, blessed are the Foxhole Warriors like you at Mr. C. Without y'all, life would be depressing. Keep spouting truth. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate that. Um, let's see here what else we had in the uh, chat recap. Uh, where's W's buzzer at Mr. C? I don't know what that was in reference to, but I'm sure it would have come in handy, right? <laughs> OMG, what does that carnival mean? Oh, LMAO, that's from uh, Hip to the Clip. Oh, that's a kind of a cool name there. I don't think I've seen that one. Welcome to the C Report, Hip to the Clip. We hope we see you back. Uh, yeah, you know, that was kind of funny the way that CNN opened up that report with the the, what was it, Crazy Times, right? That was called the Crazy Times Carnival, right next to the, you know, it's crazy times for the Dems and the socialists and all the infiltrators that have been doing America wrong for this long because they were not expecting anything like this to occur. I can tell you that's probably most definite. Uh, Dodie Dandy says they're making it seem like a dramatic investigation documentary. I know, right, that lady was all, but this is like a count you have never seen before. So yeah, I thought that was kind of, uh, I thought that was kind of funny too. Like, just like trying to blow it up in any way, that, if not literally trying to, but like blow it out of proportion, I guess I should say. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, uh, let's see here. Really? You don't give two dams about the votes before? Why now? That's true, monkey toes. That's true. Aurelius Locke was enjoying his popcorn and snacks. Always bring your snacks, guys. That's what I say. Always bring your snacks. It's like you should have brought snacks. <laughs> we told you. Black Lights Matter, Shepherding Shepherd, absolutely they do. I think we'll see so uh, some more of that <laughs> really moving forward. Um, let's see. And Aurelius also said the federal government has no standing in state-run elections. Yep, we've been talking about this audit for a minute. Very, very important. Um, and, and it's going on everywhere, guys. And everything is just coming to the light just like it needs to. Uh, let's see what else we had here before we get into the episode for today. Um, Tam Growl says, look at all those snakes disguised as computer cables. 
<laughs> oh man, they're not snakes and 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 like uh, with like a uh, uh, press badges, right, or anything like that. But no, yeah, most definitely, I would agree with that one too. Um, let's see, what's up, everyone at Cuneo Holes? That's the Grouch Seventy Nine. How's it going, Grouch Seventy Nine? Like your name, like your name. Okay, uh, let's see here. What else we got? Anything else? Oh, so Sergeant Sparky, I always love this. The boom with the cues, like. Yeah, that makes me feel good. Awesome, guys. So it was great to have you guys along for our last episode. But like I said, I'm coming in just a little bit early today, and uh, and then I'll be hopping over to Brothers Uncensored to hang out with the Foxhole fam um, and Methods this afternoon. So guilty. That's why I'm coming on a little bit early today. I hope you guys don't mind. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the C report today. Um, we're going to talk about... Uh, the audits in Arizona and New Hampshire specifically, but of course we're going to start with a little bit from our dear president, President 45, Donald J. Trump. And uh, look at that big old smile. Why do you think he's smiling so wide? I mean, do you think he knew something? Do you think he might have known something? I think he might have known something. I think we all might have known something. And I think uh, the fruit of our hopes, labors, prayers, right, and actions is coming to what seems to be a fruition. All right, so let's see what our president had to say in his, say in his most recent statement. Uh, we have two today. The Federal Election Commission in Washington, D.C. has totally dropped the phony case against me concerning payments to women relative to the 2016 presidential election. It was a case built on lies from Michael Cohen a corrupt and convicted lawyer, a lawyer, in fact, who was so corrupt, he was sentenced to three years in jail for lying to Congress and many other things having nothing to do with me. I thank the commission for their decision, ending this chapter of fake news between two sleazebag lawyers, Michael Avenatti, and we all know that man went to jail, and Michael Cohen, yep, 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 we were all able to witness law and justice in our country at its lowest. And certainly, President Trump, I hope that we don't, uh, well, I mean, we are seeing law and justice go pretty low uh, in regard to the actions of, like, State Department, the DOJ, uh, coming after people in Maricopa County, uh, trying to take over their elections. Don't you get it, DOJ? HR1 has not passed yet, so back off, buddies. All right, let's go ahead and take care of the next statement from President Trump. Well, actually, let me just say something else in regard to this statement that Mr. President Trump made. And I do apologize for um, botching his name last night. I don't know what the heck was going on with me. But um, <laughs> you'll have to go back and watch that roundtable to see what was said. I was embarrassed. But anyways, <laughs> um, what do you call it? So uh, he, the, these, uh, these payments to women, uh, of course, they're probably talking about that Stormy, Stormy Lady, Stormy Daniels, or whatever her name is, Stormy McDaniels. Who knows? I can't remember what. She's not worth remembering. She's just a footnote to me. But, like... Um, you know, that just, if you guys have probably heard about all of these lawsuits that were going out against President Trump around this time, and they even had lawsuits that involved minors and these type of uh, activities that are, you know, nefarious and criminal um, and immoral, uh, at least in my opinion, right? Uh, who knows? I'm not from, uh, never mind. I'm Okay, so like, um, but you know, that just goes to show like, even back then, kind of like the wrap-up smear campaigns that uh, Hood Pelosi so proudly boasted about on television, um, you know, they, they also have these lawfare type activities where people were just sending in like, they were just like uh, filing lawsuits, filing lawsuits, filing lawsuits, just to get them into the court system, the jurisdic uh, uh, jurisdictional system, so that this way, reporters and journalists supposedly could pick up those stories and even if they had no standing no proof no evidence no discovery you know even if they were thrown out the point is they were in the court system they were filed and they could report on them as if though they were real and that is a very real tactic that these people have used against not just president trump but against many people um, whether it's in politics or in media or other things like that. So just a, just a, just a quick side thought, you know, side notes, that whenever I read this, that made me think about that because there were some pretty, um, there were some pretty what could have been damning cases that were thrown out involving Trump and um, um, activities such as these, um, that a lot of people kind of like, were like, well, you know, you know, Trump's a pedophile too. And I'm like, well, you know, there's no proof of that. Um, Nothing has surfaced, and, and if that were the case, let's just hope he married her. Okay, all right, next up we have... Doo -doo. 
Okay, the next statement was at 6.31 in the morning on November 4th, a dump of 149,772 votes came into the state of Michigan. Biden received 96 of those votes and the state miraculously went to him. Has the Michigan State Senate started their review of the fraudulent presidential election of 2020 yet? Or are they about to start? If not, they should be run out of office. Likewise, at 3.42 in the morning, a dump of 143,379 votes came into the state of Wisconsin, also miraculously given to Biden. Where did these votes come from? Both were state election changing events, and that is on top of the other corruption without even including the fact that neither state got legislative approval, which is required under the United States Constitution. And, you know, and we, we've heard about that, you know, where the Supreme Court, in, including those whom he uh, nominated and eventually saw seated, did nothing. You know, they said Trump had no standing. Uh, they said Texas and the other, what, it was like 21 states had no standing, and they just threw it out. I don't know, Scotusgate. I mean, it's coming. It's coming. I'm going to keep on saying it. It's coming. Because I'm like, I'm trying to project it. You know what I mean? Anyways, okay. So, oh, there's Mr. Trump again. Okay, so let's see here. Um, let's, <laughs> you know what that smile is. I mean, the words I told you so keep coming to mind, but it's more like, you see? <laughs> Do you see what happens? Anyways, okay, so let's go ahead and we'll continue to move on because like this, I mean, this is like, they're getting flanked now from all sides, like between Maricopa County, uh, Antrim County, and what's going on in New Hampshire, like everything is coming out. And um, I think that because Antrim County is so, is, is, is gonna become a hot ticket especially when people get the cyber ninja connection, because we have confirmation that it was indeed the Dominion software and machines that were used in Maricopa County over there in Phoenix, right? So that is that was confirmed, you know, and all of these votes were confirmed. Um, and then you have this, these mysterious ballot dumps, you know, and that's something that they're focusing on in New Hampshire, because again, here, the vote count did not match what the ballot count was, and uh, etc. So we'll go ahead and see how that plays out. Now we're going to go straight over to Arizona. And uh, there's, this was a confirmation that I found in regards to Dominion being in Arizona. This, this was from their website. For more than a decade, oh, let, me, let me expand that for you guys. For more than a decade, Dominion has proudly served Maricopa County, Arizona. Visit the Maricopa County site for rumor control information on election Must audits. Fact. More than a thousand independent audits and recounts since Election Day in November 2020 have demonstrated the accuracy and reliability of Dominion systems. And then they give a 2020 timeline of how all of that uh, went down, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, audits that they were performing for them. Um, but yeah, so now we know, like at least I could say for a fact here at the C-Report, that Dominion machines were being used in... Arizona because you know, I mean, there's so much information out there and then just have to go back and kind of put it all together But uh, you know um, That just uh, that's just more proof about why they're so worried about cyber ninjas over in Antrim County and now in Maricopa County like why are they attacking this firm? They're using uh, they're using um, the Trump supporter bias as a scapegoat you know, so this way, uh, or a red herring, whatever you want to call it, so this way they can call them on it. But there was more information that came out, aside from this notice here, that um, that went on to show that Dominion was involved. Uh, because now there's, there's letters being tossed back and forth between uh, Arizona State Attorney General, uh, State Attorney's offices, and, um, you know, the legislator, and you got Dominion, I mean, a DOJ, and all this stuff going on. Um, we heard this, though. Um, and we'll go ahead and play this real quick clip from uh, Ken Bennett, former Secretary of State liaison, to the audits there in Maricopa County, where he's talking about Dominion and the voting machines and passwords that, you know, you might need if you want to access and administrate 
for voter elections. Let's give him a listen because we've got more. Oh, come on, Twitter. I know you don't have commercials. All right, I'm just gonna let Mr. Bennett think about himself for a minute, and then we'll get this. Okay, so it should probably work now. Um, there we go. Yeah, the EMS machines is 385 of them. Yeah, and then the EMS machine calls them ICP. Yeah. And Johnny provided a not a password that allowed the IT company uh, to get in. But then they ran into a second password to get into the administrative functions of the machine. Uh, and when we asked them for that, the county has now, by letter, informed us that they've given us all the passwords that they have on the machine, which seems to imply that there's administrative function parts of the machine that even they can't get into. So we're talking amongst ourselves as to, does that mean, you know, as to whether that Perhaps we need to amend the subpoena or file a motion to compel them to get those from Dominion. I guess we'll be the only other people that might have that second password. But uh, yes, we're very concerned that it seems Norfolk uh, County is saying that there's aspects of the EMS system that they can't get into because they don't have uh, a password to get to us so that we can get it. And is that just with the PC scanners, or did you have a problem in Central Count, or did you have the actual just the PC scanners? Okay, but I needed to clarify that because John Drake, said it was with the DMS machine itself, the actual election management software. And I just wanted to make sure I knew which one you were talking about. The email that I got from our IT subcontractor specifically referenced ICP, which is valid scanning devices. I don't know if you're And then, okay. So that right there is pretty big news, guys. Um, when you're thinking about being able to access the software, not having the password keys for that and that kind of thing. So that was something really big that came out. Now um, we'll we'll cover we'll touch on this a little bit more in just a sec. But um, we also had another report that the Maricopa County was withholding the hardware. So they're talking about the software stuff, like to get into the back the back door but also the hardware is being withheld. Um, from Just the News, we had um, an article that said officials in Arizona's Maricopa County are withholding materials subpoenaed by state legislature as part of its audit of the county's 2020 election, claiming that surrendering them would constitute a security risk for both law enforcement and federal agencies. Um, a Monday letter sent from the Maricopa County um, Attorney's Office to Ken Bennett, the former Arizona Secretary of State, and the liaison between the State Senate and the auditors said the, uh, the county had elected not to turn over several routers requested by the legislature due to the alleged significant security risks to law enforcement and data utilized by the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office, as well as numerous federal agencies. So it's kind of like, well, what does that have to do with anything, right? And um, right at this point, I'm kind of guessing that, you know, these guys couldn't use a hammer or, you know, a bleach bit or anything like that. Um, you know, Hillary Clinton kind of stole that uh, idea from them already, I'm sure. But um, in regards to that, let's take a look at this real quick. Okay, so this was a letter from Maricopa County. Let me see. Is there a way I can expand this besides that? Mm, yeah. We'll just expand it that way. Okay, so during this, uh, this is a letter that was sent from um, a, um, Maricopa County Attorney's Office, uh, Alistair Adel, and uh, this was in regards to why they're not sending over the hardware, right? So it says here, for the past week, we have attempted to find a solution. Oh, well, let me, let me back up real quick. It says, we had, right here, it says, we had previously believed that the risk would be eliminated by redacting the law enforcement data on the routers and not producing it. But we were informed the redaction did not eliminate the risk. We also learned that if criminal elements or others gained access to this data, it might compromise county and federal law enforcement efforts and put the lives of law enforcement personnel at risk. 
For the past week, we've attempted to find a solution that would allow the a county to provide virtual images of the routers as we had planned, but we have been unable to find a way to eliminate the significant risks to the MCSO and its state and federal law enforcement partners. Additionally, we have learned that the risk is not limited to law enforcement. Providing routers or virtual images of routers puts sensitive, confidential data belonging to Maricopa County citizens, including social security numbers and protected health information, at risk as well. As a result, the county cannot at this time provide the virtual images of routers. The county knows that the Senate would not want to do anything that would endanger the lives of law enforcement officers, their operations, or the protected health information and personnel, personal data of Maricopa County's citizens. So that was their outright excuse there. I mean, it, it sounds like you they're know, trying to be forthright and protect the data. Um, I know that there was a question of what the heck does that have to do with, you know, why, why is there, why is there uh, like sheriff information, law enforcement information, why is that tied into all of this, right? Um, Bennett had said in this regard, I don't know why the routers in a tabulation and an election center have anything to do with the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office or numerous federal agencies. The Sheriff's Department and the Maricopa County Tabulation and Election Center aren't even in the same building. So are they telling the truth? Are they telling a lie? We don't know. Maricopa County spokesman Bills Mosley, what a name, right, on Thursday afternoon said, the county had determined the information contained in Maricopa County's routers can be used as blueprints to intercept sensitive county data. Uh, Maricopa County, he went on, has more than 50 different county departments, and the routers the Senate subpoena commanded the uh, county produce support all of these departments, not just election operations. This includes critical law enforcement, um, um, data by that by law cannot be disclosed as well as residents protected health information and full social security numbers so i guess that was again their excuse for that but now let's look at the bottom of this letter as uh, and look at the very bottom of the letter right i mean really if you only had page two you'd fall off your chair really you would like let's go ahead and take a look at can i get this thing any bigger let's see Yeah, I'm, I'm computer, I'm not tech savvy. Ah, look at what I did. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a little bit too big now. Okay, well, at least you can see it word for word as we read this. Additionally, you wrote me on April 30th, 2021, asking that the county provide additional passwords, usernames, and or security keys utilized with the county's precinct-based tabulators. The county has provided every password, username, and security key in its custody or control as commanded by the Senate subpoenas and does not have any others. So you guys might be wondering what they're talking about. Well, I mean, this story is being broken everywhere, basically. Like, we haven't even had this audit completed, and now this information comes out. Uh, because basically they have the software, uh, they have the passwords to get into the software, but then they come against another wall of password um, necessity, and that is to enter into the administrative functions of this election. So if the county people don't have the passwords to get into the administrative duties for this software, what the heck? Then who did? Who did? And is it legal? Were they able to do that? Like, this is all unraveling before this audit has even been completed. You know, and um, and if you heard last night's roundtable, uh, it was that Gary Allen, I think, had called in. Thank you, Gary. Had told us that there was worth that they were already over 2% when it came to finding fraudulent ballots, which is enough to overturn an election, which is we're about to see history get made, guys. So we just got to keep on um, keeping on and see how that happens. Now the Gateway Pundit, who's really been all over this, Gateway Pundit has been all over this, uh, the Maricopa County in Arizona, they've also been all over New Hampshire. Um, so, I mean, if, if the Gateway Pundit is not a nationally recognized, you know, everyday, like, uh, 
a newspaper journal organization that everyone knows about. I, I mean, after this, they're bound to know about this this outfit, right? But anyway, so they did a little bit more of a breakdown on this whole uh, lack of access to admin um, ability uh, for these people over there. And it, it said in the hair, it said in the hairline. Whoop, you see what I'm missing, right? It said in the headline, Maricopa County did not have admin access to the 2020 election. This means they ceded ownership of election to their outside system provider. Hmm, I wonder who provided them that assistance. Well, it in fact was Dominion. So it says here in the article, it would be likely impossible to run an election without these in regards to the admin access passwords. The Maricopa County election team claims they do not have admin access to their voting machines. So the question is, what do people do who have admin access. Well, a quick visit to their website or, you know, just jot down in the article, it explains that system administrators are critical to the reliable and successful operation of an organization and its network, operations center, and data center. A sysadmin, <laughs> is that like a sysmail? Anyways, okay. A sysadmin must have expertise with the system's underlying platform. Uh, an example, Windows or Linux as well as be familiar with multiple areas, including networking, backup, data restoration, IT security, database operations, middleware basics, load balancing, and more. All things I have no idea what they are. Sysadmins, God, that sounds so funny. System admins, I'm just gonna say it that way. Tasks are not limited to server management, maintenance and repair, but also any functions that support a smoothly running production environment with minimal or no complaints from customers and end users. You know what guys, everyone in Arizona is complaining about this and everyone across America who is aware of this is complaining about this. So I think that the customers are not satisfied with this. And I just, I really wonder where this is gonna go, you know, because um, I mean, basically with this, basically with Dominion or with the county refusing to turn over those machines and then also with what we learned about the vote tallies being put into devices that were carried off sites to some location no one knows about this whole thing should just this whole thing it stinks to high heck something smells rotten in the state of arizona you know they just i mean i mean just those three strikes remember i said three strikes and you're out guys like that's it like but i guess we'll just have to wait and see like we've been patient enough obviously but you know, it is it is the fine action of these people that has put all of this into motion, and I think it's the action of others who are either you know um, dishing out the information or receiving and sharing that information. Definitely is what is a big assist in this regard. Uh, so before we finish this story on Arizona, let's uh, let's listen to Ken Bennett again um, and an update that he'd given in an interview. So let's do this. This is with OANN, or OAN, I'll say it right, OAN Network, whatever. Okay, all right, guys. So Anderson has been some development with the password and learning that maybe Maricopa County doesn't actually have control of the password. What can you tell me? Well, they've given us some preliminary passwords that our IT company used to get into the machines, but then they ran into a second password that is required to get into the administrative functions of the ballot image scanners that are used out in the polling locations. They're called ICPs in the Dominion system. But uh, Maricopa County has now responded that they don't have that second password to get into the administrative functions of the machines, that only Dominion has that, which is kind of stunning to us that stunning. Maricopa County doesn't have complete access to those uh, election machines. but. They told us that uh, they don't have that second password or that they've given us all the passwords that they have. And they've also told us that they now can't, as they promised a couple of weeks ago, provide our subcontractors with the virtual access to the routers and hubs and other things over at the McTech or Copa County Tabulation and Election Center, as was part of the subpoena. So yeah, the passwords to get into the uh, administrative functions of the machines, and virtual access as they promised they would give uh, to the routers and the hubs uh, is still forthcoming. That's astonishing. Is it accurate to say, from what you're telling me, it sounds like Dominion, a private company, actually has more control over the election than the county supervisors. Is that accurate? That's what it sounds like to me. So 
And then what can you tell me about the deadline for, or the, the supposed deadline for completing the hand recount portion of this audit? So ever since we came on the property, we've known that uh, on May 15th, the Coliseum had to get ready for some high school graduations that will occur between the 17th and the 20th of May. I think there's 18 or 19 high schools that are part of the Phoenix Union High School District. And there's uh, two on Monday and six on Tuesday and five on Wednesday and six on Thursday. So a lot of activity, activity going on on the floor. So by the 15th, and, and, and the original lease, although it was called a letter of agreement between the Senate and the State Fair, uh, that ends on the 14th, but we have other, as far as the floor, but we have other places in this facility where we can move the ballots to a secure location. They've been guarded 24-7. That's where the machines were, for example. They've been guarded 24-7, just like the ballots have been guarded 24-7. There's live streaming cameras on them and will continue to be over there. So if we have to step aside for a week or so and let the graduations occur, then the State Fair and Exposition has told us that we can come back after that and have the facility as long as we need it. There's no particular rush, and the audit is going forward according to plan and according to the procedure outline. Correct. Uh, speed is not the goal. Accuracy is the goal. And so we're not rushing to get something done by some arbitrary deadline. And like I say, it looks like we'll probably step aside for the graduations for a week or so and then come back in and, and go until we finish. Very good, sir. Thank you so much for your time. You bet. Thank you. Would it seem more videos like this? Sure. Okay, cool. All right, so there you go. I mean, that's that's a lot to say. Now, I don't know. Breaking up the audits to do graduations, I mean, I guess you got to do what you got to do. Uh, I, I would just like, I just want them to get, I just want them to get this done. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, oh my goodness. Okay, so we'll see what's up with that, guys. That's going to wrap on Arizona for now. Uh, any more breaking news, I'll bring it to you on Monday. Okay, so <laughs> we'll see. All right, guys, let's go over to New Hampshire. Okay, so, I mean, but basically what we have going on here is we have uh, the citizens who have stood up. Uh, I'm sure all of y'all are quite aware. Uh, you know, they showed up in, by the hundreds. And um, they uh, challenge the selectmen of their city or their city leaders, I guess, who basically have, you know, they've decided that they are above everybody and that, you know, they have to uh, tell people who it is that is best to listen to and who's going to audit their election. And, and then it comes out, of course, because we all know that uh, two of them, two of them uh, working for verified voting, uh, and one of them being Mark Lindman, who signed papers saying that we've got to stop the audits in Maricopa County. Uh, oh, yeah, that's not biased in any way, right? Not biased at all. So in response to that, the people of New Hampshire have now decided to raise money themselves to hire Jovan Pulitzer uh, to be the forensic auditor there in New Hampshire. Now, Jovan Pulitzer, um, as we may know, he is the uh, mastermind <laughs> um, who uh, has come up with um, the uh, audit system that we're seeing take place over in Maricopa County. And, uh, you know, he's he's pretty much dissected it all, you know, and, and it's because of those efforts that we see these audits going underway. So um, what they did is they started a fundraiser to do that. So they're raising funds. Let me show you guys over here. Now, this is the website. I'll expand that for you guys. Uh, this is the, the gives and go, right? This is right. Dot com slash NH vote voter integrity. That's uh, www.givesandgo.com slash NH voter integrity. NH voter integrity. Right. Uh, so you can go visit this website if you want some more information. Some of the things that it says on there, uh, it says we need to hire two auditors and legal representation. Your generous donations will not go to waste. We will make sure we continue this battle for free and fair elections for all. If you love this state, country and your God given right to liberty, please donate and share. Our group has done extensive research and would like to hire Jovan Pulitzer as our trusted forensic analyst. Our recourse is to hire him ourselves to conduct the people's audit. 
The Wyndham incident is the largest unexplained voting discrepancy in New Hampshire state history, and we need answers. Yes, and then it gives it a little bit of a breakdown. Oh, wow, they already beat their goal. <laughs> that is amazing, wowzers. Uh, and they were offering Joven $10 million, <laughs> not offering him $10 million not to audit a damn thing. And they have already beat their goal. $50,000. They've got 65,401, 130% over, uh, over projection. That's amazing, guys. Oh, look at This is really cool, too. Um, they have prayer requests. Click the Pray Now button to let the campaign owner know you are praying for them. What else happens? Oh, okay, well, I'll fill that out in a little bit. Or maybe we can fill that all out together. I don't know. So um, that's pretty crazy. Updates. Uh, they have more updates here. We have updated our goal as we will need to hire a second forensic auditor and legal representation. We are not backing down. So that's pretty cool. Like, they, they, I guess they got one auditor secured in the bag. And now they're going to be looking for, um, they're going to be looking for more funds. Um, and I'm sure that more updates on this website will come as it moves along. And then, well, that one's actually the one for the um, the fundraising. And then you have this one. This is the actual, like I guess, official website. Uh, hiring Joven Pulitzer for New Hampshire Forensic Auditor. And then just more information there. So yeah, so that's what it looks like. And oh, it does give a breakdown for those uh, for those in New Hampshire for those who are trying to figure out exactly what they're talking about. Uh, it says what happened. The state representative race had four open seats on election day, November third, twenty twenty. All four Republicans won, winning by a margin of twenty four votes or point zero zero five percent. During the hand recount results on November twelfth. Like what? Like a week and a half later, all four Republicans gained plus 300 votes, leading Democrats lost by negative 99 votes. So I guess even though, oh, they're like, oh, we can't have those Republicans winning by such large margins. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, I'm like, just go with it. Anyways, and it says, with the help of many, including Senators Gita, uh, they were able to pass a bill allowing a forensic audit. The agreement is Wyndham, New Hampshire will select a forensic analyst. New Hampshire's Secretary of State and Attorney General will select a forensic analyst, and those two analysts will choose a third. Right now, both the town of Wyndham and the New Hampshire Secretary of State and the Attorney General have chosen a company that, re uh, that presents serious conflicts of interest. The choice for Wyndham is Mark Lindham, a verified voting who is not a forensic analyst. The people have spoken and have not been heard, and that is basically why you're seeing what is going on in New Hampshire, in addition to the craziness that was going on um, there with the votes, tallies, totals, and ballots being all jacked up. So that is what you got. I don't know, guys. I smell a victory on the horizon. Maybe you guys do. Maybe you guys don't. Maybe we still see some peril in the future. I mean, again, we do have Antifa on the ground. I mean, it is. there's nothing wrong with warning people about a tornado coming. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to give the warning. Antifa could be there. We have to be vigilant. We could have... We, there could be false flags galore. I mean, with the lack of security going on here... And with Democrats being in power and we see an uptick in, like, you know, gun violence, could something like this possibly happen at Arizona, in New Hampshire, in Antrim? It very well could, guys. So, I mean, again, prayers are needed, action is needed, um, and, and, you know, this kind of just makes me think about, I've heard people say that, you know, and again, I'm not trying to demagogue Trump or make him a, a, a cult of personality, but that you know that, that he and his administration, the powers that are behind him, may have taken a step back, you know, uh, to allow all of these things to come to light. Because again, we typically have eight-year, two-term cycles. So by the end of the eight year, almost a decade later, we're so jaded and so tired. And, and, you know, we've been fighting against whatever administration it was that even by the time the next administration comes in, it's a wash, you know, and then we just continue to fight against this new administration who's just, you know, flipping over from red to blue, same bird, you know, different wing. 
And um, but it, we had four years this this time, and it's been a while since we had a four-year single term. You know, and so you could literally see everything flip. You know, day to night, night to day, black to white, white to black, whatever, however you want to say it. Like you could literally see it flip that quick. And then with all the craziness that crazy, you know, pedo Joe, illegitimate Joe was doing over there with his executive orders and just halting things, like you could see it plain as day. And then the powers that be behind Trump, because again, I see him, I, I honestly saw him, see him as, you know, a mouthpiece, you know, a spearhead for this, this uh, you know, machine that's working behind him. I think a lot of it is military. You know, I think a lot of this was planned out well in advance of Trump even becoming the selected president to be elected by the people. Because let's face it, he was the candidate they needed up there. I mean, I heard that they approached many other individuals uh, and uh, many of whom obviously said no, but you know, Trump stepped up to the plate as the mouthpiece, as that, that bullhorn for the American people, right? And so uh, when I say you know, like he, he took a step back so we could see all of these things, there is another kind of factor here. You know, um, I've heard it said many times that the people will get the government that they deserve. And, you know, maybe they needed to see if we the people would do something about this, would stand up to this. And, and I, I think we're seeing that happen. You know, we may not be seeing patriots marching in the street by thousands with their flags and their arms. I mean, we have seen that, don't get me wrong. I mean, what do you call all the Trump rallies that we witnessed throughout the summertime? You know, um, and what do you call, uh, you know, 1.7 million patriots that, you know, gathered there at the Capitol, you know, on January 6th, I mean, I was there, you know, like, and that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like, they needed to see us doing it. And now everyone's, uh, everyone's eyes are open, especially those who are like, digging and, and digging into all of this, like the forensic audits, you know, all the other things that are happening around the Trump administration that he was demonized and banned for. I think we are seeing the people, the ones that really need to know, the ones that know how to do something about it, they have awoken. And, and to those who feel like this great awakening was like not that great at all, all I can say, guys, is back in 2005, there was not even like... There was nowhere near 80 million people that knew what was going on. And the world was not cheering on America to save the soul of this planet. Okay, I'm going to stop there. We're not going to get any more into demagoguing on, on Trump. Um, he, is, he is but a man at the end of the day, right? So um, I'm going to wrap up today's C-Report with, um, uh, what do I have here? With this. Boop. Who's that? It's John Solomon from Just the News, Not the Noise, right? I think it says that down here. Just the News, Not the Noise. Anyways, uh, I, I do like to hear some of his reporting sometime, but he had an interview with Dr. Kelly um, Ward, who is um, who's chairing the uh, Republican Senate and also uh, has been a go-to for, um, uh, for uh, updates in the uh, Arizona audit. So I'm going to go ahead and end today's show with an interview that he did with her um, on, his, um, on his podcast. And uh, we'll just take a few minutes to listen in on what she had to say uh, in regards to what's going on in Arizona. And uh, I'm going to hop into chat, and uh, I'll see you all on the flip side. All right, folks, welcome back to the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest on perhaps one of the biggest news stories happening in America this week. Dr. Kelly Ward is joining us. She's the head of the Republican Party in Arizona been a very influential voice in the effort to do the recount, to do a true forensic audit and learn what we can from Maricopa County. Dr. Ward, it is an honor to have you on the show. John, it's an honor to be here with you. I thank you for being such a strong, true investigator about what's going on, not just with this election, but with so many things that are happening in our country. Voices like yours are few and far between, so thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It is an honor. So, uh, this moment in Arizona is, I think, going to answer a lot of questions. And the chips are going to fall where the chips are going to fall. Facts are facts, and, and that's what's important about what you're doing. You really focus on a factual analysis, not um, a, a cursory examination. Tell us where we are in the process with the ballot review and what you think we might learn from it. Right. We're looking for objective information about what happened in 2020. So we aren't just doing a simple run the ballot back through the same machine and see if the numbers match up on the on the tape from the zero to what we expect it to be. There is a full 
hand count going on of 2.1 million ballots. So there are teams that are looking at every single paper ballot, um, and they're deciding, you know, what what is that ballot, how it was cast, and they are tabulating those. So it takes a lot of time. But they, the experts that they hired to do this audit, you know, the left is trying to discredit them and belittle them and really dismerge their, their abilities. They are world-class experts at doing the work that is being done in Arizona. And so we're not just looking at the paper ballots, we're looking at the paper, we're looking to make sure that those ballots are legitimate and at the machinery to make sure that the hardware, the software, the logs, et cetera, um, were also legitimate. So we'll see what we find. Um, I think, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to find. I don't have any insider information about what they've already found, if they found anything. Um, I wish I did, but I know that they're going to give the, the report to the state Senate and the state Senate will let us know. And if Sarah Bennett said, said it, you, you know that the, the responsibility that body takes uh, for this. And, you know, in a funny way, this is sort of what the founding fathers envisioned when they gave the power to supervise elections to the state legislature. It's funny to see the outcry that, oh my God, this is terrible. It's exactly what our founding fathers intended. And when I hear you talk, you don't have, you're not looking for a predetermined outcome. You just want to get some facts to make an objective decision. I think that gets lost. Everyone thinks, well, the Republicans are just trying to uh, railroad this and come up with a predetermined conclusion. That's not how this is structured, right? No, not at all. It is It is to find the, the truth behind what happened. And, you know, over 50% of Americans believe that there was funny business in 2020. Now, of course, it's 74% of Republicans, it's 51% of independents, it's around 30% of Democrats, because they like to win, however, they don't care if they cheat. In my opinion, maybe that's not true, but that's what I believe. And I think anybody should want to know what happened in that election, especially when we had record turnout, maybe more than 100% turnout in many places across the country. We have to know what happened in that election so that no funny business ever happens again, and people can have confidence that when they cast their vote, it's going to be counted, it's going to be counted once, and it's going to be counted for the person that they yeah, there's nothing, listen, if, if that's the outcome, that's a win for everybody, because Democrats were, you know, a lot of Democrats, including Hillary Clinton, doesn't admit it now, who cast out on the 2016 election results, Republicans had grave concerns about 2020, getting these questions answered and be able to look everybody in the, in the eye and say, we know how to fix this, or we don't need to fix anything, that's going to give everybody a level of confidence that uh, is exactly what I think the founding fathers intended when they get the legislature this, with this extraordinary um, uh, opportunity to supervise elections and set the rules in a way that would grow that confidence. As you look out, uh, in Arizona is a one piece of a large electoral map. There's this debate that has suddenly emerged that something that most Americans, like 70% of Americans, 77% of just the news poll, support voter ID, but somehow, in the aftermath of 2020, voter ID has been called, been called uh, Jim Crow 2.0, racist disenfranchisement. How do you get to this point that something as simple as a voter ID, but by the way, I show your ID to get an airplane, get a six-pack of beer at the store, how did that become racist suddenly, and, and what do you think real American process from that argument? Right. Well, real Americans understand that there is nothing racist, sexist, misogynist, um, classes about showing an ID for many things that we do to function in society, and especially for voting. So um, it's kind of appalling the way the left crafts this narrative, and then they they amplify it by having whatever, fake, fake profiles, bots, other, other so-called journalists who just report again and again and again. I saw a story today that was in Forbes. The, the headline said, Kansas is another GOP state that leads uh, with voter suppression yeah. legislation. And it is really no bias there, huh? That's <laughs> right. It's election integrity. Election mm. integrity is important to everybody, and this is not a Republican audit here in Arizona. It is America's audit. Very interesting. You know, it's funny that the, the lexicon that's been used mainstream news organizations, when I got in this business 30 years ago, you weren't allowed to have a political community news and you'd be thrown out. And if you show the, the slightest bit of bias or, or a failure to get the other side's story, to treat both sides equally the story, you got canned, you get removed off your beat, maybe you got fired. Um, there is this extraordinary 
loaded language that mainstream news organizations are using that are immediately tipping the debate without a factual basis. And we saw it in Russia, we saw it in all these things. How frustrating is it to see what are supposed to be the mutual arbiters of facts now hijacking all the language with adjectives and loaded words and, and misnomers and inaccuracies? It is. It's just un-American. It is not the First Amendment. The free press is what is supposed to protect us as the citizenry um, from corruption in any part of our government, not in one party versus another. Um, they're supposed to tell us the truth so that we can think about it, we can digest it, and we can make our own decisions. And that's been taken away. Look at Facebook and their so-called commission. Uh, I think it's made up of communists and uh, anti-American, anti-free speech zealots who have now permanently banned the former president of the United States of America from their platform when they still have terrorists. They still have um, leaders of countries that have no human rights whatsoever who are able to spout off on their platforms. And the, the former president, who you know, still hasn't conceded the 2020 election, is not able to communicate with the masses. It, it's unconscionable. It's unreal. And yet, uh, one of the things that I think is most interesting about President Trump is he's proven that the stranglehold of the news media and the social media, the traditional news media, the traditional social media, may not be as big as we thought because he's just created an alternate communication system. And he's reaching people every day with his statements that are getting covered by news organizations. Those who thought they had absolute power may find out that they didn't have as much power as they thought. It's fascinating that the Twitter. Twitter stock's down, right? We see Twitter down. Oh, yeah. Americans don't like this form of uh, selective free speech uh, censorship, and I, I think you're on to something. In Arizona... Okay, well, and, and John, just, just, just to let you know, I did talk to President Trump yesterday. Yeah. He's in good spirit. He is keeping his eye on this audit, just like the rest of the country, just like the rest of the world. And, um, you know, he wants the truth as well. Yeah. I think we all, I mean, I have my opinion about what the truth is. I think that Trump won the election in Arizona and in the entire nation, but I think that this audit is going to give us that objective information. Yeah, that's the key. It works for the people who will see the facts and they can make up their own mind, but getting those facts and not have them in a nebulous state anymore is going to be an important part of this, uh, this process. Now, uh, speaking of President Trump, he's had a little fun in Arizona and he's called on the governor, Governor Ducey, to provide security, and, and I think taking a couple shots at the governor. Uh, we've got two Democratic senators in Arizona for the first time in a long time. 2022 is a very important election for the future of Arizona, for the future of the Republican Party there. How are things shaking out? How, what do you think the election will turn out in 2022? Yeah, um, well, I think that for us as Republicans, you know, I'm the, the chairwoman of the Republican right. Party of Arizona. I get to be partisan, which is really exciting. It's different than being a legislator, <laughs> being a senator, or being a candidate for office, because I represent a certain constituency, and the constituency is that that loves faith, family, and freedom, small government, low taxes, personal responsibility, following the Constitution. That's who I sit to represent. And those people, those candidates who stand up and stand up firmly for those values are going to be the ones that prosper in the primary process. We can't have this wimpy, spineless, uh, backstabbing, of Republicans. They're not going to win. You've got to have people who will stand strong for we the people, not we the people is the government, but we the people who actually the government is accountable to. And I think that we will win and we will win big, not just in Arizona, but across the entire nation. I think Texas 6 was a big harbinger about yeah. what's going to happen. And uh, I look forward to seeing the robust primaries and then the big win for Republicans in 2022, 2024, and beyond. When you look at what's going on in Washington, Kevin McCarthy fighting a lot of leadership vote next week, uh, Liz Cheney could be in some trouble, maybe gone. What message does that send? A lot of people think, well, this is political payback, but I think really the message that Republicans want is we're all on the same team now, no more fighting, get one message, get one objective, win the election. Uh, how do you referee what's going on in, in Congress right now with, with Liz Cheney? Yeah, well, I mean, the, 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 the fake news media love to make this big hoopla out of it, but Liz Cheney has not stood up for Republican values, in my opinion. Um, she's not, she didn't support the Republican president, and in many cases, I don't think her constituents felt that she represented them and their their views and their voice. 
And so my hope is that she is ousted, but I don't like it to be such a big story because we had such a big win in Texas, we, and, and we're going to have big wins in the, the midterms. And the Democrats love to focus on this infighting or even supposed infighting right. whenever it's our policies and the policies being put into action that I, I hope that we'll start to focus on this. Do you think a, a, a new contract with America is going to be forthcoming for the Republican Party? Well, I, I hope so. Um, nobody seems to be wanting to put one forward. I know when I ran for the United States Senate, I put right. forward a contract sure with, Amer with America. You gave John McCain a good run for his money. I did, I did. And, and I mean, just think, imagine what it would have been like had we had a Senator Kelly Ward and John McCain was out. We would not be in the predicament. We wouldn't have two Democrat senators from Arizona. We wouldn't have lost one of our health seats, in my opinion. But... That's how the cookie crumbles in the political world. And uh, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not going to be shamed by these leftists or by elitists in my own party. I'm going to work hard to have great people who share my values and who share the values of the majority of the Republican Party to represent us at every level of government. And one thing that is absolutely certain, you mentioned the Texas House race the other day, the base of the Republican Party is as energizing and, and uh, excited as I've seen it in a long time. I think a lot of people thought, well, Trump lost, Capitol riot thing, everyone's going to be depressed. And the energy and the determination and the strategic activities that are going on in building groups, coalitions, is, is, it's more energetic than I've seen it in a very long time. And anyone who thinks that the Democratic Party is in a state of malaise is going to get a surprise. It's a bad guess to make. When you look out in government, it's 40 years ago in this year, I believe, that Ronald Reagan gave his brief uh, acceptance speech, the inauguration speech, and said, hey, government isn't the solution. Government is the problem. Joe Biden gave an antithesis of that speech the other day before Congress when he said, basically, he said, government is the solution for everything. We're going to do big government for everything. Is this an extraordinary political opportunity to show the American people in the 2020 election that big government actually doesn't give big success, it gives big failure? It certainly is, and we need Republicans who are currently in office to stand up strong for those solutions. Um, when they vote to increase the national debt, for example, it loses, I mean, our, our message loses the air that is in the balloon. Um, they have to stand strong for those types of things. And so, you know, the, the, the Republicans, and I think independents, and if there are anything from Democrats left, they believe too. That they don't want censorship from the government or from private companies. They don't. They want the wall. They want to have security in their their communities. Um, they don't want this critical race theory Marxism taught to our kids and our future. We just, as Republicans, have to be better at communicating. I think we communicate this message fine, but I think we have to be able to overcome the interpretation by the leftist media and the leftist controllers so that real people can hear it, and I think that's going to be very beneficial for 2022 and beyond. How big is the crisis playing out in the state at the border going to be a national issue? Has the open borders, the sudden crisis that Joe Biden created at the moment he got in office, is that going to become an important issue as it was in 2016? Well, it certainly should be, not just for Arizona, but for the entire country, because um, the border crisis is not just an Arizona crisis, it's a national crisis. And unfortunately for us, many of the human traffickers and the drug smugglers and the gun smugglers and the, the bad guys come across the border right here in Arizona. The shameful thing is that Biden, Biden decided to just take the things that we've already paid for, the infrastructure that's already been done, the companies that have already been paid, the, the miles and miles of fencing, etc., and send that back somewhere and leave giant holes in the wall. I was just down at the border a couple of weeks ago, and the ranchers there, both the American ranchers and the Mexican ranchers, want the wall. The Mexican ranchers perhaps even more, because we at least have border patrol to help right. protect the locality. They're at the mercy of the cartels, and that's wrong. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and leave it there. Hey, who knows? Maybe next week the Sea Report will go back to the south, uh, south southern border. Maybe we'll go back to the border 
We haven't done a border story in God at least like what two weeks or so. Um, but anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to catch the rest of that um, interview, there was only like five more minutes left, but I can't lie. Um, then you will uh, go and check out John Solomon's reports. Uh, I'm just the news. You guys have heard of it. You know where it's at. I don't got to advertise or anything like that. They do that well for themselves. Okay, guys, uh, thanks again for coming into the Sea Report today and hanging out with us at this early hour. Um, we'll be back again on Monday um, at 4 p.m. Central Time. Um, and then um, also tomorrow for Q&A holes, don't forget, uh, we'll have our 9 p.m. Eastern show for Q&A holes live, but we may have some special events going on throughout the day. Um, so uh, just look for our uh, just look for our sign. We might be there. Uh, what is it called? The schedule, the scheduler there, the scheduler there. We'll post it on Pill. We'll post it at the Foxhole app. So this way, if you guys want to pop in, um, you can pop in and see what's going on. It may be a pretty cool live event that we have going on that we'll be covering, but we'll give you more details about that or just save the surprise. Okay, guys. All right. I know I don't got to say it. I'm going to hop on over to Brothers Uncensored and check out what's going on there this afternoon. I'll see you guys there. And until uh, then, have a great afternoon. Have a great weekend. And be good, America. Don't forget, we love you.